Welcome to Don't Read Drunk, a podcast about books and booze. I'm Jenny, and I'll be your host. Hi, welcome back. We are on episode 44, and we are going to be talking about Sweet Salt Air by Barbara Dolinsky today. After a heavy and intense book last week, it actually took me a while to find the right book. I wanted something that was a strong opposite of last week, especially with the shocking decision by the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. I've mentioned before that I don't enjoy politics, but this is something that truly impacts everyone. As a woman, I am devastated and I'm honestly kind of scared. If the government is able to take this basic right away, what is the next step? It definitely brought to mind The Handmaid's Tale, how the rights of women are slowly but methodically taken away. If you haven't read The Handmaid's Tale, definitely take the time to read it. As a single woman, this is even more terrifying. I feel even more at risk of decisions that could continue to be even more detrimental to women's rights. I would read The Handmaid's Tale right now and I definitely do recommend it, but it just feels like it hits too close to home right now. I am also extremely concerned about the rulings being made under protections of the First Amendment right for religious rights. And I absolutely believe in religious rights, but I also believe in the separation of church and state and that religion should not be forced upon people. With the recent rules that blur the lines of that exception as well, I'm even more concerned about religion being used to continue to take away the rights of women. Every generation has its concern, and I've heard people say that it's scary to bring kids into a world like this. And honestly, this is the first time I've really started to feel the same way. A lot of times I feel like sometimes people can blow things out of proportion, and I don't think the fear that I have and the concern about Roe v. Wade being overturned is over, you know, over concern. I think it's a serious concern and I'm, I'm scared. There are some big concerns that I have that I know are shared by others. And it's important that we continue to use our voices by protesting these rulings, as well as using our right to vote to support those who care about our rights as women and as members of the LGBTQ plus community and people of color and those who believe that there's more to life than taking these things in stride. If Roe v. Wade can be overturned, I'm not only concerned for my own rights, but the rights of minorities and marginalized people. And I guarantee that this won't just stop with women. These are some important things to share and talk about, but I don't want to get too far on my soapbox or talk about it too much. But I do also want to mention self-care because there is a lot going on and it can be really well overwhelming. So it's important that we take care of our mental health as well, which for me means sometimes getting away from the struggles of fears about what's happening in our country right now. And this is just what this book did. And I am excited to share it with you today. So getting back to the booze this week, I wanted a good wine since we're talking about friendships. And I just had a friend over the other day and we shared a bottle of Starborough Sauvignon Blanc. And this is a crisp, refreshing wine like Sauvignon Blanc should be and perfect for the 80 degree weather we've been having. And looking at their website, I'm totally adding New Zealand to the list of places I want to go as soon as possible. It looks so beautiful. I mean, I always knew New Zealand was gorgeous, 
but there are so many places I want to go that sometimes I can kind of forget about a few of them because honestly, I would pretty much go anywhere. (laughs) There's so many great places out there and so many different cultures to explore that I think my to travel to list is just has pretty much every place in the world on it at this point. The winery is located in Marlborough, New Zealand. The website is definitely visually appealing, but it doesn't have a ton of information about the winery or even really about the wines. But the Sauvignon Blanc itself is one of my favorites. You're supposed to taste guava, kiwi, citrus, and passion fruit. And it's the citrusy wine with hints of guava that I could taste. It's a clean flavor and not too sweet. They also have a light version that I want to try. I would pair it with a warm summer day and salmon with veggies on a grill. A nice, like, clean, refreshing meal with that grill flavor. I did not buy this bottle from Total Wine, but I totally should have because Total Wine has it at $8.67 and I paid about $5 more for the bottle that I picked up. But it is so good and I recommend trying it. Total Wine also rates it a 4.7 out of 5 and I would agree it's definitely in my top two of Sauvignon Blancs that I've tried at least. The author this week is Barbara Jelinski, who is a very well-known romance author. And I've read a couple of her books, not too terribly many, but I had picked this one up at a used bookstore and I thought this is exactly what I need right now. So she had this fabulous bio on her website and I have condensed it down a bit. So um, if you want to read the full bio, definitely take a look at her full bio on her website. Here's the condensed version that I have. Personal bios are really hard to write for those of us who make a living dramatizing bios for pretend people. Anything I write about me feels totally boring, but it is what it is. So here it goes. I was born and raised in suburban Boston. My mother's death when I was eight was the defining event of a childhood that was otherwise ordinary. I took piano lessons and flute lessons. I took ballroom dancing lessons. I went to summer camp through my 15th year in Maine, which explains the setting of a lot of my stories, then spent my 16th summer learning to type and drive, two skills that have served me better than all of my other high school courses combined. I earned a BA in psychology at Tufts University and an MA in sociology at Boston College. The motivation behind the MA was sheer greed. My husband was just starting law school. We needed the money. Oh, oh, back up. You'll love this. When I was in high school, I was kicked out of honors English because I couldn't keep up. No, I never did go back to gloat. The truth is, though, I came from a family of lawyers and never dreamed of publishing books. I did learn the basics of writing in high school, and yeah, that skill has come in handy too. I became an actual writer by fluke. My twins were four when, by chance, I happened on a newspaper article profiling three female writers. Intrigued, I spent three months researching, plotting, and writing my own book, and it sold. My niche? I write about the emotional crises that we face in our lives. Readers identify with my characters. They know them. They are them. I'm an everyday woman writing about everyday people facing not-so-everyday challenges. My novels are character-driven studies of marriage, parenthood, sibling rivalry, and friendship, and I've been blessed in having readers who buy them eagerly enough to put them on major bestseller lists. So that's the condensed version, and I loved her bio, and there was a lot more of it too. So again, check out her website for the full bio, but I love how she really personalized it. 
And she seems like exactly what she said, like an everyday regular woman who has gone through uh, some of the same things that we have in our own lives. Zelensky has written around 85 novels, and I couldn't find the exact number, so I counted on Wikipedia, and I think that's accurate, not excluding her collaboration or omnibuses, but don't hold me to that number. (laughs) She's also written under the pen names Bonnie Drake and Billy Douglas, and I did include her books written under the pen names in that 85 number. So for the book, I had high hopes for this book. For my beach reads, I like stories about friends who spend summers together and reunite as adults. There are no shortage of this of books with this general plot line, but few of them really fit what I was looking for. I'm probably a little too picky, and I wouldn't want them all to be the same anyways. Sweet Salt Air is the story of Charlotte and Nicole, who spent summers on the fictional island of Quinnipiac off the coast of Maine. After 10 years of not seeing each other and only having limited communication, they reunite to collaborate on a cookbook featuring the unique characters of the island and their recipes. They are both hiding secrets, and the thing about secrets is that they almost always come out. And that sounded a little cliche, and I thought so when I was writing that description down, but it is so true, and I am a firm believer in that secrets do almost always come out. So the story had all the makings of exactly what I love. Charlotte is single and independent woman, the kind that I relate to. She's also a freelance writer traveling all over the world to learn about indigenous people of various countries and how they express their creativity. I love her, but I hate how she's portrayed as a little lonely and running from something. Women can be independent and not be lonely. I know plenty of women who don't mind being alone, and are perfectly happy without a man. Of course, this is a romance novel, so it wouldn't be as romantic if she wasn't a little lonely and missing something in her life. (laughs) She is running from something, though, which goes back to our conversation from the Paris apartment. People want to keep their secrets, but harboring them is rarely helpful, and they almost always come out. When those secrets are revealed, they generally cause more damage than if the person had just been honest up front. Her friend Nicole is a little stereotypical, and I feel sorry for her. She is amazing in her own right. She's got a blog about farm-to-table restaurants and shares recipes that use natural and organic ingredients. She's got a strong following and has been offered this contract to create a cookbook. I love how Delinsky weaves all the pieces together for these incredible women, that they're telling the story of the people on the island taking the healing and medicinal properties of herbs into consideration and sharing some tried and true recipes that have a history. And these are all things that I'm really passionate about. Nicole has her own secret, which she reveals pretty early on in the book. Spoiler alert if you don't want to know what it it is, but it is important to the plot and I'll be mentioning it in various contexts later as well. So if you don't want this spoiled, then I don't know why you're listening to my podcast anyways, but Nicole's husband of 10 years has been diagnosed with MS and they've been keeping the secret for four years, four years. He didn't want her to tell anyone. And I have a real problem with this. I understand that partners have secrets. There are a lot of things that I still haven't shared with my mom or my friends about my relationships, but this is something that neither one of them should have to bear the weight of alone or even just have each other to rely on to deal with this huge diagnosis. 
friends and family are so important in my support system. And that's a diagnosis I don't think I could keep to myself. Their relationship is damaged by not only her husband, Julian, pulling away from Nicole due to this, but Nicole's isolation in her fear for Julian. I'm too close to my mom to keep something like that from her. So that immediately put me off of Julian. He does seem to be supportive of Nicole's career, but Nicole herself just misses it and acts as if it's not nearly as important as what Julian does because he's a doctor and he saves lives. And that feels a little bit old school to me, the idea that a man has the career and the woman is just the homemaker. So I didn't really love that part. At one point, Julian is thinking about what he liked about Nicole is that she's like the homemaker type. And while I don't want to dismiss any woman's dreams and desires, taking care of a home does not mean you are a second class citizen. It can feel a little derogatory in this book. I think I'm a pretty strong career woman type, but I also love cooking and growing my own herbs. I think you can have both and none of it makes a woman or makes me a second class citizen because I like doing those things. And being a homemaker definitely does not make a woman a second class citizen as it kind of is, I guess, hinted at in the books. Book. (laughs) Another big spoiler here, and this is also revealed pretty early on and not really at all shocking, but if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead about two minutes. It is revealed that 10 years ago before Nicole and Julian got married, that Julian and Charlotte slept together one drunken night. The real shocker is that Charlotte got pregnant and gave the baby up for adoption. The news of the baby is a bit of a plot device, but I think it's a good one. I did have to suspend my disbelief while I was reading because I really struggled to understand Nicole's actions following this big reveal. While she does lock Charlotte out of her house for the night, She does have Charlotte stay and continue to collaborate on the cookbook with her. And when I say stay, I don't mean she stays on the island, but she still stays in Nicole's family home, which I don't think I could deal with. (laughs) I've shared my feelings about cheating. And honestly, this one isn't even as much about the cheating for me as it is about the 10 years of lying by the two people that are supposed to love Nicole most. I mean, Don't get me wrong, I would be pissed about the cheating, but they've both been lying to her for 10 years. And how did her husband Julian lie to her for 10 years? I mean, I am well aware of how different people are, and I I get that. I just don't know how some people can fake their emotion for even a few months, let alone in this case for 10 years. I can't fake how I feel for 10 minutes. Just all my emotion comes out. (laughs) I realize also some people don't think that lies of omission are actual lies, but to me they are. Not telling someone a huge secret like this is a huge betrayal. And you're not doing the person you claim to love any favors by hiding something like this. People that lie by omission are cowards and claiming to not want to hurt the person they love and saying they are protecting them bullshit. I'm sorry. They are not loving that person and they are absolutely not protecting them. Although I will say, I'm sure there are probably people out there that prefer to live in ignorant bliss, but I am not one of those people. Again, because those secrets and those feelings, they do come out and there's no sense in trying to hide them. And the longer they're hidden, the harder it is on the person who is being quote unquote 
protected. The truth comes out and imagine your life is shattered. But now it's been the past 10 years of your life that is shattered and built on a lie. Forgiveness might be possible, but I also don't know how forgiveness can be possible without some distance. Love doesn't just die overnight, even when someone has broken you and your trust. And I wouldn't want Julian to die, but I don't know that I could accept him back into my arms as quickly as Nicole does. I mean, Nicole just might be a better person than me, though. So I don't love that this is their love story. But maybe since I haven't been married for 10 years or longer, I don't know what it is about that marriage. You know, I don't understand maybe what that relationship is like. I just don't have the insight into that type of relationship. Uh, Although I don't know if I would want that type of relationship. So I reiterate, I am not a fan of Julian. (laughs) The other love story, if you want to call it that, is Charlotte and Leo. Leo is the son of Cicely Cole. Cicely has since passed, but is a legend in her own right on the island. She was like the local witch who grew her own herbs and created potions and tinctures to cure what ailed the locals. Leo, too, I just don't like from the get-go. He's the lone wolf, the sensitive but misunderstood loner. First of all, I think it's a red flag when men don't have friends and a good support system. While it has been pushed on us through TV and movies, also, love is not all we need. We need other people in our lives. One person cannot fulfill all our needs, and I think it's damaging to think that one person can fulfill all that. I do suppose Leo does grow on me a bit, but there are red flags and things that I don't like about him. This book was published in 2013 as well, which really surprised me. It's not even 10 years ago, but these guys are not the guys that I would want to date. There's also a little bit of a poor Leo aura that surrounds him as a character. I think sometimes we give sympathy to people that are doing just fine and they don't need the sympathy. Leo is doing just great. Again, just because he is alone and went through some stuff doesn't mean he's not living a great life. The romance between them also happens too suddenly for me. I would have liked a little more buildup of attraction and sexual tension between them. The way it's written, it just feels like they are just kind of meeting and like barely even talking, but it doesn't feel like there is even a physical attraction there's no real tension. He just kind of seems like an asshole and she puts up with it. So I, I would have liked a little bit more of some emotion. The book explores relationships in several areas, the relationship between men and women, friendship, and the relationship between children and their parents. The most prevalent of the relationship between child and parent are between Nicole and her mom, Angie. Angie is getting over the death of her husband and Nicole's father. When she finally learns of Julian's diagnosis, remember, four years later, (laughs) she's got some words of wisdom for her daughter. I'm on board with some of them. She tells Nicole, if life doesn't work out the way you want, accept it and move on. There's always a grieving period when life doesn't work out how you want it, and I don't think we can judge how long it may take someone to go through that process. I do think that we have to accept at some point and move on. Which brings us to our next gem, which is create the life you want. We can never control the people around us. We can't control what they do, how they feel about us, but we can impact other things. I love that philosophy that if there is something you don't like about your life, then change it. While I know it isn't always easy, it can be done. 
And some things take time to build. So it does take time to create the life you want. But if you start doing it right away, you're going to create an awesome life for yourself. Although I did roll my eyes when Angie told Nicole that if you love him, make it work. (laughs) There are definitely times that you need to fight for love, but other times when love isn't enough. It's a hard balance to find. I've definitely seen people give up on love too soon. I've done it myself. I've given up when maybe I shouldn't have. And I've also stayed too long because I loved him and I wanted to make things work. In Nicole's case, I'm not sure that fighting is the best course of action. But at the same time, I'm also not sure that it isn't. There are some cliches. It's pretty predictable. And coming from me, that pretty much anyone can see what's coming because I don't even really try. So there weren't really plot twists or shockers for me, but just part of how the story is told. Some of the roadblocks and setbacks are a little contrived for me. I mean, Zelensky is a seasoned author, so it's kind of disappointing to see that. It's a little funny how the characters in the book are engaging in their own escapism, and that is definitely what I was doing with this book. Nicole and Charlotte are both reading a romance novel, and I believe it's Charlotte who says, I like my fiction happy. Real life is bad enough. (laughs) That's what I wanted from this book, and there is plenty of happiness alongside of the drama that is happening. It does have a happy ending, though it was also a little contrived. I did want to see that happy ending. For escapism purposes, I definitely needed a happy ending. I did enjoy the book, but I enjoyed the building blocks of the things like the jobs of the main characters and the incorporation of the herbs into the story. I didn't really enjoy the relationships or the romance, which was kind of disappointing. I was hoping for a good love story. I kind of need a good love story in my life right now. Though, as Angie said, if you don't like what life has given you, move on. So I guess I'm just going to move on and find the story I'm looking for, or maybe I'll make my own love story. So overall, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5, and I really wavered between 2.5 and 3. For an experienced and successful writer, I was hoping for something a little better written, and for 2013, I was hoping for better men. (laughs) While I don't have a problem with any characters that have faults, I mean, no one is perfect. I just didn't like the men in this story, so the romance felt flat for me. Goodreads gave it a 3.88. Here are some of the other reviews. I was expecting your usual fluffy beach read, but I should have known there was more to come from Ms. Delinsky. Uh, So I think it's a fluffy beach read. (laughs) But someone else felt it was a little deeper than your normal beach read. This book was as refreshing as the title. I can't even remotely write or say anything bad about this book. It's like going home for me. Someone else said, sexy without being graphic. Love and adore Leo and his dog. So maybe don't listen to me about some of the male characters. You may find them just fine because this reviewer loved Leo. Someone else said, recommend for anyone that loves a scandalous high drama with a farcical plot, a heavy focus on medical disease, and a predictable happily ever after ending for all the cardboard characters. <laughs> so not the best review, and I don't feel like I feel that harshly about it, but again, just sharing some of the other reviews. Someone else said not up to Barbara's usual quality. So overall, it was just okay for me. 
I, it was enjoyed by many others. So don't let my review stop you from reading this one. It also, again, wasn't that I didn't enjoy it, but it missed the mark overall for me. Media recommendations this week. So Only Murders in the Building came out and I was so excited about this one. I literally got a shiver of excitement just during the recap. Some great cast was added. Shirley MacLaine, Cara Delvine, Amy Schumer, and Michael Rapaport. And my favorite line so far has been, this is a quote, I believe you're the kind of man who has coconut liqueur. So (laughs) I'm a little upset. There are only two episodes out right now because I watched them immediately and it was everything I was expecting it to be and better. So if you have not seen Only Murders in the Building, definitely go check it out. And season two just came out uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. Also on Hulu, uh, if you're watching with kids, The Thundermans. It's one of those shows my kid watches on repeat, and I'll admit it's a pretty good one. It's about a family of superheroes that have to keep their superhero status quiet. It's a mom, dad, and five kids who all have magical powers. It's one we haven't like specifically sat down and watched, but the boy has it on a lot, and I find myself watching it and laughing out loud. So if you're looking for a cute family show, check it out. You can find me on Instagram at Don't Read Drunk. You can email me at don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. Check out my website at don'treaddrunk.buzzsprout.com. Also, this is a hobby podcast, so if you'd like to help support me and the podcast, you can do a one-time donation on PayPal using my email, don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. You can also support this podcast by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash don'treaddrunk. Thank you to my sponsors, Aaron Ruiz at One Up Till Sun Up, who created the music. You can find Aaron and One Up Till Sun Up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Avenue Coffee House. You can find them on Facebook and their website at avenue-coffeehouse.com. Also check out their newly opened Supernova located downtown Milwaukee and their amazing homemade donuts. Next episode, we're going to be talking about The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Bye and talk to you soon.